Howdy, you're listening to the Think Brasses podcast. We host conversations with locals, politicians, and policy experts to help families thrive in Brasses County, Texas. So when you're thinking about how to make your community better, just remember, think local, think Brasses. Timothy D'Alessandro um, is from Bryan, Texas. He is running for the Precinct 4 of the County Commissioner's Court seat, yes. right? Yes. Thank you so much for coming on Think Brazos. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, so first of all, I wanted to hear about your background just a little bit, but especially why you decided to jump into this race, and then we'll get into the issues. Well, um, I was born in Texas. I was graduated high school in Livingston. I went okay. to the United States Navy when I graduated high school. I spent four years on active duty. Thank you duty. for your service. Oh, we appreciate uh, it. I really enjoyed my time there. So I spent four years on active duty. I, I did a tour overseas in the Republic of Turkey. Wow. And then I worked a little while at the National Security Agency. Okay. And then I did two years of active reserves. And I went to nursing school. And so then I started working as a registered nurse in 1993 at the okay. VA hospital in San Antonio. So I worked oh, wow. at the VA hospital for almost two years. And then I moved here in 1995 to go to um, Texas A&M, where I graduated with a biology degree in 1998. Loved it here, stayed, married a Brian High graduate, and uh, been here working as a registered nurse in this community since 1995. Wow. So as far as the why you got into politics, a um, little bit of background that I don't think I actually know is have you ever um, ran for anything before I have I ran for this office four years ago okay um, so and so as we were coming to the deadline to file I mm-hmm. noticed that no one was filing uh, on the Republican side right. and, and I really felt like that there's enough important issues going on in Brazos County right now that are going to shape our future for the next several decades that yeah. we needed to have a, a contested election yeah. so we, the ideas need to be uh, hashed out That's so fair. we can have a uh, a choice. That's fair. Now, this precinct four is fairly heavily registered Democrat. Is that right? I think there there are four. So there are four county commissioners and then the county judge. And mm-hmm. I, I, it is pretty obvious that they drew this precinct to be a more Democrat precinct. Okay. But it is it's it's a mixed precinct. So you've got um, uh, a, a lot of the Bryan inner city core, but you've also got a lot of the county. And so the whole north um, eastern part of the county. And so you've got a lot of rural people out in the county as well. Okay. So it, it is a pretty decent mix oh, okay. of uh, almost every zip code in Brazos County, except for one, I think, is in our precinct. And, wow. and we go down into College Station. Um, and so it's a pretty decent mix of all the different um, makes, makeups of the county as far as political mm-hmm. persuasion and, and heavy. So for this, um, and maybe the last time you ran as well, can you point to maybe one specific thing or issue that you thought, this bothers me? I'm getting in the race. I'm running because I want to fix this. Well, the big issue is, especially in the last four years, is the phenomenal amount of growth happening in Brazos County. Okay. But not just happening in Brazos County. It happened in Precinct 4. You've got the mm-hmm. Relis campus coming in. Um, the, the infrastructure package that was passed by Congress uh, earlier this year was, yeah. um, it includes a, a Interstate 14, which is going to come right through Brazos County. And so that's, that's maybe not coming this year, but it's coming in the next 10 years. And mm-hmm. so what I've been saying is between I-47 and the Relis campus and I-14 coming across possibly along Highway 21, mm-hmm. uh, the future growth of Brazos County is X marks the spot on Precinct 4. And so this is where our growth yeah. is coming. And so what really 
convicted me to get involved and, and run is the decisions we make today are really going to impact what Brazos County looks like for the next 50 years. Yeah, so you're big on, on the transportation side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned growth. Um, something that has been kind of percolating through the uh, County Commissioner's Court and recently there are a couple of people I think including you who spoke at the commissioner's court yes. and it was about this proposition B and the um, RMA which what does that stand for regional mobility authority yeah so can you expound a little bit on on what you think that is and uh, where where this is going and why um, the residents of Brazos County should care well it's total authority and so it, there's, uh, including the Brazos RMA, which already exists, mm-hmm. there are 10 RMAs in the state of Texas. Of those 10 RMAs, six of them are active toll road authorities right now. Two of them are trying to be. One of them failed to be. And the last one is Brazos County, which this vote is, I believe, a referendum on whether it's going to be a toll road authority or not. And so um, so the issue is is independent funding, and that's what we're talking about. So the, uh, the Prop B is to add a fee to your taxes, uh, your registration fees when you do okay. your tags. When you renew your tags on your cards every year, you pay a fee. Mm-hmm. And so you pay that fee, and it goes to the RMA. Now the RMA has a source of permanent funding, which I very much disagree with because uh, the RMA exists, but to the extent it exists, it should be dependent upon the county commissioners for its funding. So it has, so the I county see. commissioners have accountability for it. So right now, if it gets its own permanent funding, then they mm-hmm. can pretty much do what they want. The leash is cut between uh, electoral control. You have an unelected body that has no control. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it's, it remains a board of the county, essentially mm-hmm. under county funding, yeah. then any decision it makes, the bo- the county commissioners and your county commissioners ultimately electorally are responsible sure. for those decisions decisions and so so that's why i think we should vote against proposition b because Mm -hmm. we shouldn't we shouldn't be permanently funding a toll road authority now if we pass proposition b there's not going to be toll roads put up in Bryce County tomorrow, but mm-hmm. I-14 is coming. And when it comes, if you remember about five years ago, we had a, a, a debate in this community about the Brazos MPO, Metropolitan Planning yeah. Organization mm-hmm. 2050 plan, where they were looking at this right. uh, loop around Brazos mm-hmm. County. Well, that loop is going to eventually be loop 214 the, okay. the, around I-14. Now, I-14 won't be a toll road, but the question is, will that loop that goes around Brazos County be a toll road? Hmm. And if it becomes a toll road, here's the problem if it becomes a toll road. First, you have eminent domain issues. Right. So you, now you've given an unelected, unaccountable board eminent domain authority in Brazos County. So they can do they can do eminent domain and they're not accountable to voters because that leash is cut with the independent funding, which is what this proposition's trying to give them. Okay. That, so that's one thing. But now you've got owners that are, you've got loaners that are not only subject to eminent domain of their property for this loop, now they're landlocked. Because if there's not a toll road, then this loop's going to have 40 exits. Mm-hmm. Every little community to the left and right has their own little off-ramp. Right. And so if eminent, if they do eminent domain my property, well, at least I have an exit here so I can have a convenient access to the loop to get back and forth to work and what have you. So do you live near near where that loop's supposed to be going? Well, I live out in the county, yes. Okay. I mean, pretty much if you live out in the county, you you know, this sure. is what it's going to do. It's going to circle around the county. Mm-hmm. But, but my big point is if it becomes a toll road, you have to control access to a toll road so that you can control the fees coming off and on. So now instead of 40 exits off and on this loop, you have 10. Mm-hmm. And with those 10 exits, so you, that, the nearest exit might be five miles from you. So now you might have a, a, a highway literally in your backyard, but you can't use it because the nearest exit is five miles away. I see. Or the nearest on ramp okay. is five miles away. And so those are the kind of issues we can eliminate by not creating a toll road. And so how we do that, I believe how we keep that from being a toll road in 10 years is not giving the RMA permanent funding today. 
what if someone came to you and, and a lot of people make this argument that with toll roads the neat thing about them is that you're not being taxed for a road that you never use for the ones who are never going to use that toll road that only the people using the road are effectively being taxed um, I mean how do you balance that if um, because it becomes yeah. a regressive tax, and that's especially important for okay. for precinct four. So, what, so what I've been saying is, there should be bipartisan support against toll roads. If you're a Republican, you don't want the eminent domain issues that come with an unelected body having eminent domain issues. But if you're a Democrat, you're, you're supposed to be opposed to regressive taxes. And the poorest people in the county are the ones who can least afford to have to pay to go mm -hmm. to work each way every day. And so what ends up happening is the, the poorest people in the county can't afford to use the toll roads, and so they're not going to. And so now you have all these toll roads going to the county that if mm -hmm. you're rich enough to take advantage of them, the highway system's a great system for you in Brazos County. But if you're not, then you've got to travel all the, along all the back roads to get to work and now you have a two-tiered system for our our roadway system in this county where if, if you're uh, not economically advantaged you're on the bat you're on the wrong side of that tier system and yeah. we, we should not be creating two tiers of, of, of travel patterns for our county that, that's just from a democratic sure. perspective I'm not the Democrat nominee but yeah. from a Democrat perspective that's wrong now what about um, the rebuttal that I've heard from the head of the RMA itself that says there's no zero chance I actually talked to him one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one and he said there's zero chance this will ever be a toll road authority or that the loop will be a toll well here's the problem with that his term is up in six months in six months his term gets replaced from the governor so the the, the leader of the board is always nominated from Austin mm -hmm. and and then you have local people but that those decisions aren't being made today those decisions are going to be made when the loop comes in in 10 years he can say what he wants in, in order to get this passed he has to say there's no toll roads because there's there, he's right there's no political will in Brazos County for toll roads mm -hmm. if this if we understand that this is a referendum on toll roads and it is this is going to go down in defeat like it should so he has to say oh no toll roads mm -hmm. but he's not going to make that decision that decision is going to be made by this board by this rma five years from now with a completely different board with completely different members and he no matter what he says today he can't speak for the decisions that are going to be made by this future board sure. the only way to keep this future board accountable is to keep it under county control and that's to not give it independent funding so effectively your concern is about the if this is even a word, inaccountability, or that the fact that the um, RMA won't be directly accountable to the people from the commissioner's court. That's your concern, and that it could be twisted over time it to then be. become it, something. It, it does with every other RMA in the state. It has RMA is synonymous with toll road authority in the state. We sure. can say that we're, that's not what we're doing here, but that would be an exception. And so why would you take the chance on that? But there's two other issues here. First, the RMA has now said, I, I, I've listened to an interview he did on WTW yeah. where he said, oh, this is only going to be motorized vehicles and it's not going to be semi-trailers. If you go to the As far R as the fee. The fee. Okay. No, it's on every tagged vehicle in the county including semi trailers and semi trailers and th that don't take my word for that the rma says that they have a document on their website that says brazos moving forward 2021 on page two in the footnote there's and i have that linked on my website timothyforbrazos.com there's a, a blog post about me responding to that and i have the link there okay but um on page two of the footnote that the RMA put out, it said they talked to the Texas Transportation um, um, Authority, and they said they would have 
to, pay, to charge the fee on every tagged vehicle. It's every trailer and semi-trailer. So, for example, my wife and I, we have a truck, we have a car, we have a trailer and a horse trailer. Mm-hmm. So that's now we're paying this fee four times. Yeah. So, okay, it's fine, 40 bucks. No, it's not 40 bucks. it's $80. Because if you look at the legislation, the, on the bill, when, when you go to vote, it's going to say, in accordance with the Texas um, Transportation Code, and there's a mm-hmm. section there. If you go to that section and you look, it says, once it's approved by voters, the commissioner's court can vote in a county with under 750,000 people, so it's trying to describe Brazos mm-hmm. County, the commissioner's court can vote to raise the fee to $20. Ah. So once once the voters vote for it, so they're saying it's $10 now, but once it's voted in, the commissioner's court can raise it to 20 hmm. And then it's per every vehicle. So, you know, they say, oh, it's only 10 bucks. Well, for my family, it's $80 a year. Yeah. You know, so. That's a good point. <clears throat> let's, let's talk about uh, a couple other issues that um, have been coming up at the uh, county commissioner's court and one of the big ones that is kind of a moot point at this point but i want to hear more broadly about the the early voting locations thing it seems like every time you turn around the county commissioner's court is having a fight over something related to early voting where was your stand this fall uh over what the students were arguing for with the msc early voting and do you have any ideas going forward how maybe they could avoid this knockdown drag out it seems like they're having all the time well this is twice now so they had the issue with galilee baptist church earlier mm-hmm. in here. and the, the issue with galilee baptist church is happened during the primary for my race which mm. was you know the primary the democrat primary for my race was decided by literally, literally a handful sure. of votes a thing like five votes okay and i know that uh, one of the opponents uh, was standing in front of galilee baptist church trying to redirect people to the right place because it wasn't uh, it, right. you know all people were there so instead of him being able to use his resources where he needed to be he was playing catch up from about galilee about the church being closed, and that may have determined the outcome of the opponent in my race. I see. And so that's one issue. Now you move forward to the Memorial Student Center, which they feel upset that the decision was made while they were out of town, and then when they come back and they tried to petition the court, um, it, yeah. it was cricket. So, you know, they admit the, the court made a mistake, but we'll take care of it next right. year. And so he, here's my take on it the court's already admitted they made a mistake. That they feel, that not me. Right. I'm, it's not me saying that. The court, the commissioners on the court have said that they feel like they mm-hmm. made a mistake, and that they're going to re-implement MSC as an early voting location in future years. Well, why not fix it now? There are emergency measures to fix it now. What did it hurt to fix it now? But th- this is my real complaint. You've got students who are getting involved, and mind you, uh, the, the the organization getting involved is, tends to be a Democrat organization. Right. So this. You know, it's not in my interest to say, hey, let, let's get the Democrats out to right. vote, you know, theoretically, although I, I would hope that they would vote for me. But but you've got these young young college kids who are motivated enough to miss their classes and come petition right. the court like four or five weeks in a row. This is my point. They say you can't fight City Hall, but that's silly. What what did, If they were going to make this change and they're going to make this change, why not make it now? Right. What, what would it have hurt? What would it have hurt to let see people win? And, I, and honestly, I think it's a couple of minor bruised egos and i think you know we need to be looking out for our citizens more than we need to be looking out for our bruised egos yeah <laughs> so beyond that uh, another one that that popped up during the primaries a lot and may still be doing the same is wrapped up in these this funds from the government um some people call them arpa funds mm-hmm. and what you can use them for um but there's a big uh there has been a big debate about this whether Brazos County should be facilitating building a medical examiner's office, which, if I understand it right, is is a coroner's yes. office 
where they do the determinations yes. of how someone died. Yes. Um, do you think that's an important thing to spend this money on or not? No, I think it's an important thing. I don't think we should be spending this money on it. Okay. So first off, let me tell you what my philosophy on, on things like this is. This this is the, the philosophy going on with the court on the medical examiner's office, and I disagree with it. They're like, well, if we build it, they will come. You know, mm -hmm. Robertson County, Madison County, they'll bring people over. But you can have a regional coroner's office. Yeah. And so if we're going to build it, then why didn't we get buy-in up front? Why didn't we go to Madison County and Robertson County and say, you put in 5%, you put in 5%. So we have some some guarantee of funds instead right. of let's build it and see if we can cover it later. Because that's how you end up eating uh, tax dollars and eating and big losses. Because this is, you know, right. not a profitable, it's not going to be a profitable thing. It's going to mm -hmm. cost money. But here, here's my biggest concern. We're going to spend $24 million on this mm -hmm. and then millions of dollars a year to maintain it and it's not going to have a lab if it's not going to so so what we're saying is is it, the backlog we do our, our autopsies right now in travis county so we're saying the backlog for autopsies is such that we can fix that if we have a medical right. examiner's office here but if we're not going to do the lab work we're going to get our autopsies back and wait just as long for the lab work and, and, and so they're really so, not they're really not building a lab. They're not building a lab and there's no plans. There's no there's not they're, they're not even like making space in the building to build the lab later. They're hmm. just going to outsource that. Well, if you're going to outsource that, why not outsource the autopsies like we're doing now? Why yeah. not save this money and use this, these ARPA, the American Resource Plan Act funds for something um, more pivotal to the county? What, and so, so that's my that's my other concern is opportunity cost. What are mm -hmm. we losing by not having by having the medical examiner's office? And I want to come back to it because there's yeah. one more issue I want to talk to you about the, the office going forward. Yeah. But what we're losing is, so what we need to look for, so the idea behind the ARPA funds is is to invest in the community, mm -hmm. even in, in infrastructure, to make up for some of the losses that happened because of COVID. Got it. One of the biggest losses we had because of COVID in this community is Rock Prairie Behavioral Health closed. And so Brazos County does not have an inpatient mental health facility right mm -hmm. now. And I'm telling you right now, as a registered nurse who works in this community, we sorely need an inpatient behavioral health facility. I there, that. We, we've got the college with the kids, mm -hmm. and you know we've got all these kids who've been locked down for two years and are now going to college for the first time. Right. And you know the, the underlying issues they may have had that some of them may have had before are, are exacerbated, right. and then the community at large. And so right now, if you need inpatient behavioral health and you're a Brazos County resident, you have to go to a facility outside the county, and you have to wait for beds at that facility, and they're giving their residents first priority. Mm -hmm. And so if we were, to me, having inpatient mental health is something the county could have paid for with these funds, so it wouldn't have cost the taxpayer, you know, to get it up mm -hmm. and running and get it funded, and that would have been a more critical need to take care of the people who are in need right now in this community. W wasn't there one years ago that existed, or There's has the been, county? We've had, uh, so Rock Prairie just closed. But like did the county own that Rock? Prairie. No, okay. they didn't. But but with but we need to form some sort of partnership to get mental health, mm -hmm. inpatient mental health back because we need it in the county. And there was one in the descent past, I believe, in downtown Bryan. But and so that we've had mental health before, mm -hmm. inpatient mental health before, but we don't now, and it is a critical need for this county. Mm -hmm. um, so one way or the other, whether it's with the indigent care funds or the ARPA funds or something, I believe that's going to have to be addressed at the county level in the next couple of years. But now I want to circle back to the medical sure. examiner's office. Right now, or if we make a determination that an autopsy needs to happen, it needs to mm -hmm. be it's done by our JPs. So our right. one of the jobs of the Justice of the Peace is to do inquest, to make a determination whether someone needs an autopsy. Once we have a medical examiner, so the state law has talks about this. And, um, uh, so you have the role of a medical examiner. 
And if the county doesn't have a medical examiner, then that role goes to the JP. Mm -hmm. But once you have a medical examiner, there's a third little section that says, once you have a medical examiner, all the roles we gave the JP for this are hereby wiped away. They're no longer allowed to do those jobs. So the moment we hire a medical examiner, the JPs can no longer do inquests by law. Mm. And so one of the things they haven't taken into account is who's going to do those inquests. Because the medical examiner we hire isn't going to be available 24-7. Right. So now we have to hire three to five people to do shift work, to be available 24-7 to do inquests. Wow. And none of that's budgeted. None of that was – I went to the commissioner's court meeting where they had the presentation. None of that was put into the presentation. Mm. That's, those aren't minimum wage jobs. These yeah. are going to be, you know, bachelor degree people um, with, um, you, know, you know, medical training. And so – Wow. And you're going to have to hire those on a shift for rotating formation. So, so now, not only are we spending this money now, and not only are we spending money going forward without the lab work, now we're taking a job that we're already paying for. We're, we're paying our JPs to do that. Mm -hmm. And now we're having to hire completely new roles for those jobs wow. on the county budget. So with the very little time that we still have left, uh, I did kind of want to hear just your summary. You, you've talked about a lot of details here today. But overall, why do you feel that you're the best choice for Precinct 4? Um, well, I want to talk about one more thing yeah, because sure. it ties into why I think. Sure. And, and that's the property tax debate going on right mm -hmm. now. And with um, whether we're going to have no new revenue or how we're going to. So there's three different rates going on right now. So property taxes skyrocketed. Value, so property taxes is rate times valuation. Right. The valuation skyrocketed so much mm -hmm. that uh, true. the plan is to drop the rate by a penny, and it's still going to raise $15 million more this year than, than last year. Right. And so what we need, if we dropped it by one penny, then the, the county pockets eight million more than the current budget. Mm -hmm. If we drop it by four cents, which I think the commissioners who aren't showing up want to do, right. then it balances the budget. No new revenue is dropping it by six cents. Would, and it still raises three and a half million. No new revenue just doesn't include the new construction stuff that right. would bring more mm -hmm. money in. So if we dropped our tax rate by six cents and multiplied it by the current valuations we have, the average taxpayer would pay nothing. But, that does, but some would pay more, some would pay less. But here's the thing, if, if you're a senior, and the valuation part's locked, and we lower the rate six cents, then that's a real property tax cut. And right sure. now, when people are having hard times, the, the ability to be able to t tell our seniors, you know, we're talking about giving our tax, our county um, employees a 7.5% raise because the economy's tough right now. Yeah. So if you're on a fixed income and you're a senior, the economy's really tough right now. So if we, if we could talk about, so I hope this no new revenue thing goes through, because if this no new revenue thing goes through, it is a real property tax cut for our seniors on a fixed income. Wow. And so I think this is where one of the most important reasons, why do I want to, to be elected to this position? Uh, precinct 4 is currently in favor of the 15 million, the Precinct 4 commissioner is currently in favor of the uh, raising 15 million more right. than mm -hmm. last year. So she's a vote in favor of the property tax increase. I would be a vote for no new revenue. Mm -hmm. And so that changes the vote on the Council on the on the commissioner's court from a three-two vote in favor of property tax increases to a three-two vote to hold the line, and I really think that that's what you're going to see going forward. And I think that's a big difference in this race: is are we going to see property taxes uh, a, a vote to increase property taxes going forward, or a vote to hold the line on property taxes? And I'm definitely a vote to hold the line on property taxes. Okay. Um, so if someone wanted to get in touch with you, I think you mentioned your website earlier. Um, but can you repeat that so that we can, um, mm -hmm. that the listeners can hear this as yes. far as how to get in touch? So my website's timothyforbrazos.com, F-O-R, Timothy, F-O-R, Brazos.com. Okay. My email is timothy at timothyforbrazos.com. Gotcha. And uh, I just, I'm going to say my phone number twice. This mm -hmm. is my cell phone number, 979 
979-575-6204. Okay. 979-575-6204. I'm available. You can call me or text me on my cell. Perfect. Anything else you want to add? Uh, I'm just asking for your vote. Uh, I think that our exciting times are coming to Brazos County. I think the decisions we make now are going to affect our future, and I'm excited about the future in Brazos County, and I want to make sure that that growth matches um, the needs of our citizens. Perfect. Well, this has been Timothy D'Alessandro, um, and you've been listening to Think Brazos. Thank you very much. Thank you. The Think Brazos podcast is brought to you by Bryan College Station Habitat for Humanity. Our mission is a community where everyone can afford a home they're proud of. Habitat is a 501c3 charitable organization, so we do not make political endorsements. If you'd like to support our work in the community, you can make a tax-deductible donation online at habitatbcs.org. The Think Brazos podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts and on our website at thinkbrazos.org. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel if you'd prefer to watch videos of our conversations. Thanks for listening, and just remember, think local, think Brazos.